Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast, just sitting here waiting on Jessica. You know, I don't know if any famous dead celebrities will drop in to say hi to me or what. Oh, hello. Hi, I'm really sorry that I'm late. (laughs) Hello. Uh, uh, Jessica? Yes? (laughs) How are you? Someone just dropped by. Oh, really? What did I miss? I feel so outdone, and I feel so bad and outdone because uh, if if I'm if I'm a character or something, if I come out as something, I never fully dressed it. Oh, I'm I'm not a character. Oh, oh, you are Jessica. Yes. Okay. Well, I just want to describe for the listeners that this is a full-on visual <laughs> dressed-up. She she's got a, a Christian a cross necklace, and she's got a cardigan sweater over a button-up shirt. She's got a WWJD bracelet. She's pointing at all the details for me. She's got a ponytail, and the top of her hair is completely combed back. Very librarian-esque. She's got her horn rim glasses and a pencil skirt. She's like, you're ready for your private school. Oh, and she's holding a big Bible. You're ready for private school. You're ready to be a good kid at the private school. <laughs> I I didn't, oddly enough, I did not dress like this when I was in private school. Well, you didn't go to a Christian private school. You went to a non-denominational, non-religious private school. So, hello. So, who are you? So, what's the bit? Who are you exactly? I'm the Jessica that you didn't kill with your cynicism all those years ago. (laughs) This is the... everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins pod. Hello, welcome to the I killed Jessica's Christian spirit no, with no, my no. cynicism. <laughs> Jessica went You so, just took my innocence and my purity, Dan. Uh no, you <laughs> took mine. <laughs> so Jessica really like dressed fully like a very studious I went full pious. I went full Mandy Moore in uh Walk to Remember. Right. She dressed mousy. She dressed Christian mousy. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to go change back. And then she went and changed back and then we came back to record the rest of the episode. Well sure, I wanted to be comfortable, you know. What was the inspiration for that? You just I want, don't know. Did you want it to just outdo? popped in my head? So I was confused and thought you were like, my name's my name is Faith, and how do you do? And I'm very, she like dressed full on, and I'm like, I thought you were going to be a character, but no, it was just you doing a thing. And I'm like, wow, I've never dressed up like Bing Crosby. <laughs> imagine if I, I come in with a pipe and like a hat. Yeah, could you imagine if I went that far with it and like the one of those kind of sweaters, those like casual right. sweaters that he's known for wearing? Right, right, those grandpa sweaters. Yeah. Because today we're talking about less is more. So, but what was the inspiration for that for the song? Because Jessica was like, I got an opening bit. I'm like, okay. So it was just because this is a very Christian song about... Yeah. Yeah. Are we sure this song's about Jesus? Are we sure this song's about the Bible and God? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) you saying that and making me think of song meetings... 
I was playing ESO, our Elder Scrolls Online, earlier. Yeah, dumb it down for the non-nerd, a- Jessica. <laughs> there's like a little chat box that pops up in the corner and I never interact with anyone but I just run about and do my thing but I can see what's popping up and there was some song meanings level discourse about Christianity happening in there and then it devolved into furries and I was like is this Sadie Hawkins pod what is going on and I was so tempted to pop in and just be like let's check out my podcast And I was like, no, because I feel like people would, like, not only harass me, then they'd go out of their way to try and find me and kill me. (laughs) Well, what were they talking about in in an ESO? It was, it literally was, like, the same sort of song meanings, whatever. It was, like, somebody, somebody's username was, like, Jesus is Lord. But then they were charging some, like, really steep amount for... You can you can link in the chat certain armor and weapons and things like that and be like, hey, I have this thing if you want to, you know, buy this or this particular style, like crafting mods, things like that. They were selling Prayers. things for some outrageous amount. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what it was because I wasn't looking. I, do, I usually just ignore it. So somebody was like, I would have expected more from Jesus when it came to the pricing. <laughs> And then it was like this whole thing. And then somebody popped in and they were like, just another mm-hmm for peeps who hate on Christianity, really. And I'm like, are they talking what about the Lang K? There's no way. But like, that's so the, weird. What are the odds? Yeah. If it could just given what we talk about each week, that, right. that would be... <laughs> And then another person's like, he can charge that because he is Jesus and like this and that. And then like people were like, oh, and it was like other people, some people were hating on it, but in the way that the song meanings people do, which is the most timid way possible. And then other people were coming in and were like, well, I'm a Christian though. And then like sad face. And then people are like, no, it's people like that that give Christians a bad name. And then somehow it devolved <laughs> into furries. And I don't really know how it got there because I went off and I did, did a anyone dungeon. Qu- and- did anyone question the fact that like things like Elder Scrolls Online or controlled by the devil like you know it's all comes from D, which is all part of the devil like is there any discussion about that like it's dark dungeons i usually just ignore it so i just thought that was really funny that that kept popping up Ugh. in the side of the screen because as far as i know there's no way to hide it you would so. think it's like you would think if it's one thing you go on facebook or twitter and it's like it knows your algorithm and your interests and the things that other people you follow are interested in. Like, I know when I'm accidentally, like, if I open my Twitter app, I know when I'm logged into the Sadie Hawkins bot Twitter because I know the things it's showing me. It's always, <laughs> right. it's always, uh, it's always Machine Gun Kelly and Christian himself. stuff. Because <laughs> of, like, the connection to the pop punk thing. Interesting. Well, yeah. we do have a voicemail from last week. We have Daniel calling up. Oh, nice. What's up, this Daniel calling about the William episode. Um, first off, it's Khalif, not Keyless. <laughs> uh, just, just had to throw that out there. Uh, yeah, Jessica. You know what? Down in the FLA in the uh, 407 321, we used to uh, say Keyless. I apologize. Well, whatever. My apologies to. First, you had uh, to. Kellis, what did, what did he say? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't care. But it's like, <laughs> I was wondering when I uh, did the Bonnie Vare thing or Bon Iver, when I said it's Bonnie Vare, I was just joking around because I've heard people say it's supposed to be Bonnie Vare, which I don't know if it's that's even true. 
but I like threw that in your face in that episode two weeks back. I don't actually know, but now we get now I'm getting to taste of my own medicine, but it's also directed at you. It's directed so at you, me. What are you talking about? It's directed about? at both of us because I didn't say it right. Would neither of us said keyless right? Kellis keyless. Kellis. Is that what he said? Khaleesi. Who's the nerd now? Some thoughts on actual song Williams. Um, or maybe not so much the song, but like you, you talk, you guys talked again about um, like how on earth you know Toby Mac heard something in their in their music. I might have said this before, I don't know, but I really feel like he probably didn't hear K Car first. I know it's the first track on there, but um, I I just have to imagine that if I was Mark Lee Townsend and Toby Mac is asking me to play something off this CD. You know, and I'm like, it's not that good. I, I would probably try and find what I thought was the best song, which, in my opinion, could possibly be this one or uh, what's the other one? Kojak, I think. I think both of those two have really good choruses. Um, that I just have to imagine that, like one of those songs is the one that Toby Mac heard and was like, you guys have some potential. Like, obviously, none of the songs on there are like good or good sounding or anything. Even even the ones that I like, like Saucer to me, like I love the, the self-titled version of that, but like the version on there is not good. But I don't know. To me, that's the most likely scenario of, of how that went down, is he heard one of those songs, either William or Kojak, and thought, okay, this is pretty crappy, but like these guys can write a chorus. Like there is something going on there, and I bet if I, you know, do something with them, they'll like continue to develop that because they're so young right now. That's just that's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm sure he probably like Mark Lee Townsend was like, oh, what, what's the best thing I can I can <laughs> play for him off of this? And he probably I mean, picked whatever he thought the strongest track was. Right. It, there are obviously good songs on that album because they are all, most of the songs they redid on the next two albums. Right. So it could have been like. Uh, you know, my girlfriend or something. And this is like so many high con. You know, it could have been. It could have been like, here's a fun song. This is a marketable song. Like, if anything, I guess there is clearly if... But but Toby Mac said that that a song about Marilyn Manson would never be on a CD put out by Goatee Records, period. Album, track, damn it. Daniel's going to call up and tell me I'm wrong about that too. (laughs) We all know there's no bigger king of irony than toby mac so clearly he was just saying that to say that um i agree with daniel like obviously there's good songs on here even if the cd even if the production doesn't sound great even if like the the fake british accent is like off-putting which you know i didn't even really notice the fake british accent back in 2002 when i got my copy of this cd it's more obvious now after years and years i mean it's obvious it should have been obvious. It was wrong now, and it was wrong then. No, it just wasn't as obvious. I don't know. Like, there's, like, with Green Day and stuff, there's plenty of, like, fake, fake-ish British accent type things. But I don't know. Like, clearly there are well-written songs on All Work and No Play. For some reason, I didn't. I mean, Daniel seems to think William is actually a strongly written song. I guess I just didn't give it any credit in terms of that. But my point was, maybe if Toby Mac did hear something past the production and past sort of the amateurish 
performance he might have heard something like with the high concept lyrics on a lot of the songs that like clearly this is a band that sure. is fun sure. and i don't mean this in a soulless money way but marketable like honestly like if you're a pop gospel and hip-hop label and you're thinking about signing a rock band you're probably gonna want to get one that stands out from the crowd a little bit so if you hear a bunch of you know, you, they could have, you know, honestly, like, they could, he, he could have signed, like, any rock band, a band like Bleach or something, and it's like, you know, Bleach is great and all. They weren't, as far as Christian pop rock bands went, they kind of, like, blended in with a lot of other bands. Reliant K had a certain quality that stood out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you could see, I'm sure you could see that on the demo CD. Like, they have a fun, goofy, entertaining quality, even on that first CD. There's just a couple of seconds left on this voicemail, so let's hear what that is. And then the Fall Out Boy thing is interesting because, uh, I don't know, I feel like they, like, if people complain about, like, Collapsible Lung, like, them going pop or whatever, like, Fall Out Boy is, like, the extreme version of that. The difference there, I think, is that, like, Fall Out Boy had this long hiatus of, like, about five years or so, at least between albums. And when they came back, they came back with Save Rock and Roll, which is the one that had, like, My Song Know What You Did in the Dark, and, like, all of a sudden this, like, very pop sound. Um, so there's some differences there. Um, yeah, I think I'm about to run out of time. You had eight seconds. You had seven seconds left, Daniel, so you got in just under the wire. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just never paid attention to Fall Out Boy, like I said. Never paid to my paid attention to My Chemical Romance, although I know My Chemical Romance for being a pop rock, pop punk band is not a pop band like Fall Out Boy became. Whatever, I don't know. I like how most of uh, last week's episode just devolved into us just talking about what we did and didn't know about certain pop artists. Like we didn't know how to pronounce Kellis. <laughs> Still don't. And of all the artists we talked about, I knew a little bit about Black Eyed Peas, but not nearly as much. Any other top of the show business before we get into it? Not that I can think about. Now, last week's episode was very short. It, it was. It was. It was one of and the very shortest. very off topic. Very off topic. It was one of the shortest episodes we've had in a long, long time. Let's see if we can outdo it this week. Well, in some ways, you would say underdo it. Like, in some ways, you'd say less is more. Oh, exactly. So can we get this episode under 50 minutes? <laughs> Let's see you out. later, folks. The end. What do you think? <laughs> What did you think of the song, Less Is More? This is, for me, maybe the deepest cut on this record. It's the last track, but it's just, I didn't make it to the end of this CD a lot back when I bought it when it first came out. And I think we talked about it with Skittles and Combos. The fact that I didn't even pay attention to the fact that the Skittles and Combos hidden track is on the original pressing of the CD when it was new. And when I went to the uh, Electric Youth Tour, my friends that I was going with were like, we got to go buy Skittles and Combos. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right. It's like, we got to go buy Skittles and Combos, like like the Reliant K asked on the CD. And I'm like, oh, I didn't pay attention because I didn't listen to the hidden track. And by extension, I didn't listen to the last track on this album, which is Less Is More. And then I guess to just tie up the fact that it ties in a little bit, the hidden track was changed with the gold edition to the ballad of uh, 
Timothy Chalamet or whatever it's called. We'll do an episode about that hit, that other hidden track. <laughs> More just Danny pronouncing names yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so this is the end. This is the end song on Anatomy of Tongue in Cheek, and it's too bad I didn't listen to this that much over the years because it is really catchy. The thing about it is, I probably was thrown off and uninterested by the praise and worship intro. Mm. And I didn't probably get to the poppy section because it's sure, the rest yeah. of it is like a sort of Beach Boys, but not exactly Beach Boys, but definitely like a 60s bouncy inspired thing that starts off with this simple piano praise and worship with a little bit of Ben Folds thrown in because the opening piano section of this song it's funny that it sounds like praise and worship, but it does have that connection to Ben Folds that we hear in I Hate Christmas Parties. And this song, the the, the first 25, 30 seconds of this song also has that feeling of I Hate Christmas Parties. So I do think it's a little bit inspired by Ben Folds, but <laughs> with that praise and worship inspiration, especially right. lyrically, it's clearly a praise and worship song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little melody. I definitely like it more once the, the doo-doo-doo-doos really kick in. Mm-hmm. And we were talking last week about how Tyson's lyrics sometimes feel like a prayer. And that is definitely like a parent in this song. Right. This is just a flat out like, I want to be, this is like a like wanna I wouldn't call this a bad friend Tyson nor a bad Christian Tyson song. It's not no, about it's just it's just a it's just really a prayer. It's this is a really beautiful song that is like that classic relatable reliant K. This is like also a great song when you're either sort of first getting deeper into uh, feeling out your faith or recommitting yourself to God. This sort of perfectly captures that feeling and yeah, just again it really feels like a prayer. Right. It's just a simple uh, sort of thing about asking God to purify you, to like you feel fallen, you feel disconnected, you feel sinful, and, but there's no specific judgment as to what that exactly means. So you could say like, in this context, it's not up to the narrator of the song to say, these are my sins or these are what I feel sinful for. So you don't have you don't get into the weeds of that. It's up to every individual person, and and not to, you know not to be like, in this case, I don't need to put like a postmodern, post-Christian, deconstructionist concept lens on it, because yeah, if you know you don't feel sinful, if you don't feel fallen then it's not a matter of that. It's just This isn't like, hope for every fallen man. Right. The word sin doesn't even appear in this. It's just my mistakes. Right. It's kept very it's just asking light for, and yeah. youthful. And it's funny, when I was listening to the song, I remember being in fourth grade on a church retreat in Nor- the North Carolina mountains. And we had traveled there via bus from the Atlanta burbs. And my mom was with as a chaperone. And we spent a lot of time outside in the mountains by a lake. And on that trip, I just felt so close to the Lord that on the last day of the retreat in this like lookout area of the mountains, I recommitted myself to God. And I remember praying and only sort of, you know, knowing sort of the simplest kind of words to say, because one day I will find the words and they will be simple. Mm. Sorry, Jack Kerouac, (laughs) quote there. (laughs) Uh, But I think that if this song was around at that time, 
I would have been listening to it over and over again on my portable CD player because Tyson finds the words and they are few and less is more and they are simple. And I just think that it's a really great song that you can really connect to that, you know, without putting sort of the more harsh things like sin and such on it, when it's just like, oh, my mistakes, you know, like, oh, I, you know, said the dog ate my homework or whatever, you know, it's just little things, you know, I was mean to my kid's sister or something, you know, like, I I think that even, you know, like I was saying, as a fourth grader, I feel like I would have really loved this song. Right. And I think that I could have related to it even then. Right. Yeah, that's really nice. It, this is a matter. Th- this is just a song about like asking for your burdens to be lifted, right? And it's like a matter of what is your burden, and your burden can be something really simple. And then you're just and that's really great that you pointed out the fact that the word sin is not even in this song. That's great. Like I didn't realize that. I mean, if I looked, I'm sure I would have figured it out, but I didn't put it in that context. It's all a matter of, like, what's healthy or what's not to, like, feel like... The thing is, everyone makes mistakes, and everyone has burdens. And there are healthy ways in which people find their faith. And if you have faith in Christ, and you believe your sins are forgiven, then what you're looking for and what you should believe is that your burden is lifted. And yeah... We're all human, so we when we fall away, as is the vernacular, it's just a matter of you forgot what's important. And that happens all the time with anything that's important, both spiritual and other things. And no matter what your religion is, you kind of forget what's important or, or what to focus on. Sometimes it's as simple as people talk about focus on your breathing. That's a thing that people talk about a lot nowadays, but it's an old, it's a human thing. It's a thing that's existed for generations, but there is a lot of focus on it now, specifically through apps and stuff. But like, focus on your breathing, and that's important. And sometimes you forget to focus on the important things. You forget to focus on your breathing. So this song, through the lens of a Christian faith, is like, I have forgotten to focus on what's important, and that's like feeling that my sins, believing that my sins do not burden me. So when I feel like I've made some mistakes, which is the focus of the song, when I feel like I've made some mistakes, I come back to the Lord, I ask for forgiveness, and I am lifted and know that I've have those burdens taken off of me. And then one thing that with this song is I actually don't exactly know and didn't focus on ahead of this doing this episode is what is specifically less is more. And I'm like, But in this moment right now, I'm like, wait, is less is more like less burden is more life like less, you know, less mistakes, less uh, sin or less of the bad feelings gives you more life, more faith. Is that it? Or do you have any ideas about what is less and less is more in this context? Let's dive into the lyrics. Okay. Verse one, Jesus, I pray, take all my mistakes, throw them away, destroy them for my sake. Jesus, I call out because I'm sorry. Because I fall so short of your glory. Pre-chorus. To the best of my ability, I'm practicing humility. And I lay myself before, because less is more. And then refrain is the doo-doo-doo-doos. Chorus. All that I have, I lay before, with my pride on the floor, because to you less is more. All that I have, I lay before, with my pride on the floor, because to you, less is more. So when you're letting yourself be less, you're, you're, okay, in this, now in this context, I, I think I understand what 
the less is more is referencing. And it could be referencing a couple things, but definitely in this chorus, he's saying when I come to God, allowing myself to be humble and feel lessened, because it's a human thing to try to, like, you need to feel like you're strong. You need to feel like, I mean, there's so many facets that that just, (laughs) it's talking about that came to mind, but let me stay on track. You, you know, as a human being, you feel like you need to be strong, you need to be built up, you need to hold the fort, you need to, you need to be more, you need to be more every day, you need to wake up and grind, you need to be more. But then to allow yourself to throw all that away, not just the mistakes, but also throw away your ego and present yourself as the very, just the kernel of what you have left, just your soul left, you are less you are allowing yourself to be completely light and as less as possible. And now you mean even more in your humility, in your prayer, in your worship. So that's the context of less is more. Got it. Verse two, I pour out myself all that I am. You love me so much that you fill me again. And may those words on my heart, on my lips, somehow mean so much more than this. Jesus, I pray, know what I'm trying to say. And then it's the chorus again. And then the bridge. I pour out myself before you, O Lord. I hold nothing back because to you less is more. And may these words on my heart, on my lips, somehow mean so much more than this. Jesus, I pray, just know what I'm trying to say. Verse three. Jesus, I plead, please purify me. Make my heart clean. Drench me with your mercy. Jesus, I pray. I love you. I need you. For the rest of my days, I swear I will seek you. And then the outro. To the best of my ability, I'm practicing humility. And I lay myself before, because less is more. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Like, just know what I'm trying to say. Like, how many people, if you believe in prayer, or if you've attempted prayer, and you've done it really strong, like, you're like, I need God to hear me. And you've just been like, like... I hope you know what I'm trying to say. Like, you don't have the words. You don't know what you're trying to pray. Mm -hmm. And you hope that God just understands what you're trying to say, even if you have no idea. That's something that everyone, I think, prays if you have prayed a lot in your life. Like, just to say, like, I don't know what I'm trying to ask you for, Lord, but I hope that you understand what I'm trying to say. And the other thing that's really interesting is to read those lyrics out. If no one, if anyone listening to this episode hasn't really gone and listened to this song like me... It's so funny that these are very worshipful lyrics that these, you know, these sound like a hymn, but this is like a 60s rockin' sound. This is like a upbeat 60s rockin' number. It's not like a worship song in the traditional sense of the music. And we talked about this a little bit on when we were on the Church Jams Now podcast, is that even the most, I think... Never underestimate my Jesus is, which is not the name of the song, but it's all eventually when we do that episode, I'll finally memorize what that song's <laughs> actually called. But never under it, never underestimate my Jesus. That's like the most flat out traditional ish worship song, I think, in the entire Reliant K oeuvre. Every other song that is somewhat worshipful still has this like pop rock reliant k specific matt teeson songwriting specific lens that does not 
attribute it to regular to traditional worship nor modern worship in like the you know the big mega church sense like they're repeating the same refrain over and over not neither the you know classic stuff not the 90s stuff that we know that you know was covered by the insiders and not the modern stuff that's you know the hill songs and all that like Tyson's worship songs are not musically worship songs in the like traditional sense and yet lyrically they are but he still puts on this level of his usual influences and his usual songwriting even when it's the most pious like bare bones religious version of Tyson's lyrics so to read these lyrics out loud if you haven't listened to the song it's like a it's an almost doo-woppy 60s inspired a little bit yeah yeah song bit, yeah. with with a with like i said that barrier of a very simple piano praise and worship thing like all you know the first 30 seconds of this song sounds like more traditional hymnal praise right but the rest of the song is definitely it's definitely the not. beach boy influence with the doo 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 yeah who are you know of course you know sort of it's got such a shuffling by, beat yeah it's got such a shuffling beat like i couldn't imagine although i have one example of it and we'll see how that works it's it's not the kind of song that I can imagine like people actually like standing in the aisles or in the pews with their hands up like this praising because it's it makes you want to shuffle and just kind of dance. You could oh, shuffle that with your pray. hands up, but it's not the same kind of beat that I think of. Right. Like I'm I'm swaying back and forth. Do 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 do. It's like it's not a praise and worship beat, and it's just so interesting that it is that way. Also. It's, you know, funny that I never really listened to this song for the last 20 years that much because... For the last 20 years. <laughs> for the last 20 years, I've never really listened. I've listened to this song like a handful of times until this last week where I've listened to it as much as I've probably listened to it in the last 20 years. But this is yet another like clear stepping stone to uh, the influence this of later Relying K, honestly. Like... When I think of the pop punk, like fast forward driven, like filled with Doritos mm-hmm. and Pop Tarts kind of pop punk <laughs> sure. that represents the first three albums. Mountain Dew Code Red. Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> like the Mountain Dew Code Red and Doritos pop punk of the first three albums. You know, and again, we talked about it with Church Jams now when we talked about Two Lefts. Oh no, um, Code Red is totally mm-hmm, five score. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's that one deep from end to end? Or from right. is that what it's called? Uh, so yeah, with the song from end to end, which is also kind of like the deepest cut we decided on two lefts. That song sounds like Reliant K of the next four years, right? Mm. Like there it is on album three, and yet it sounds like a song that was plucked out of a couple years into Reliant K's future. And now I'm looking at this song in the context of having gone through all of these albums as we have and all of these songs. And I'm like, this song sounds like something that could be on a version of five score. This song could have, you know, it's got elements of deathbed, but it also has elements of uh, it must have done something right. And it, but it, and, you know, it's got these, this very mature praise and worship theme. So this song sounds like the most sort of prescient song you know they don't write a lot of other material after the third album that sounds like sadie hawkins dance 
Right. And I am Lion-O. They don't right. write songs like that anymore. Yeah. yeah. But this song feels like something they could have written with the Johns Absolutely. in the band. Yeah, with with yeah, John Schneck sure. and John Warren in the band. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I think, yeah, when I think of Brian Pittman, Reliant K, I don't think of the songs that they wrote with the Johns, but this is one that could cross over. Yeah, for sure. So what else? What else? I didn't write any notes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts on this song, but I just didn't have a ton of uh, notes. Oh, <laughs> this song is probably one of the best cases for the gold versions of the albums stink like this is flat out oh wow i will tell you flat out right now like relying k made a giant mistake remixing this song for the gold release which fired if it is shots fired because you know just and just to go back because it's been a while since we've talked about albums two and three specifically they i always got i was just in case this is anyone's first episode of sadie hawkins pod or at the very least if it's your first sadie hawkins dance if it's your first sadie hawkins dance or if it's your first episode of ours listening uh where we cover a song from anatomy or two lefts i just always reset this they recorded anatomy and two lefts in their time released them and then after Mm -hmm was a big success in 2005 they went back and remixed anatomy and two lefts and re-release them on CD as the gold versions. And to this day, on streaming, it's the gold remixes that are on streaming. And you don't know this because on most streaming sites, it doesn't say this is the gold remix of the album. Right. It just is. What's on the first three gears? Which version? The gold versions. Oh, okay. So if you want to Those hear... are some of the only physical copies that before we got married and our CD right. collections merged right. that I owned a physical copy of the first three albums. Right, it, but because, they were the gold mixes. Yeah, because the first CD I bought was the first album, but during the Two Lefts era. Right. And then from there, I just bought all the, st- all the songs that I wanted off iTunes. So. Right. so allegedly, they went back and they remixed the second and third album to like... A sort of, I'm using air quotes here, like make them sound like mm-hmm or make them in line with the sound of mm-hmm. But that's silly. I don't know. And the thing is, as we've gone through all the songs on the second and third album, in most cases, the original mixes are better or, you know, at the very least, they're like, they sound more youthful. They just sound more fun. Like sometimes it's the rawness that is more appropriate. But in some cases, the remixes of these songs, it's one to, it's just a matter of opinion. You know, do you, can you even, some, some, can you even notice a difference? Whatever. But when I put on the big headphones and I listened to the original mix on the, on the original CD and which, I mean, another sidebar, if you want to hear the original mixes, you got to go on YouTube, but you got to kind of know if you're listening to an original mix right. because they're not all labeled properly because Reliant K muddled it by like not really marking which ones are gold and which ones aren't. So I feel I- like we need to petition for Reliant <laughs> K and Goatee to make the distinction and make both versions available on streaming. <laughs> That's not a bad idea because what we had to end up doing was break out our cds and i also had to go buy gold mix cds which we never specifically own if i was thinking i would have used your 
first three Gears CDs, but at the time I wasn't thinking that. I went and it was like, well, we should have a CD copy of the original mixes and the gold mixes. And then I had to get, uh, you know, an external CD drive for the computer, and I had to rip directly to iTunes the gold mix and the non-gold mix, so I would always know for the sake of this podcast which one are we hearing. Now, so I say all that. When I listened to, on my phone's hard drive, the gold mix from 2005 of Less Is More and the original 2002 mix, flat out, undeniable, the original mix of Less Is More is better. Something about the compression on the 2005 gold mix, which again is the one on streaming, if it's the only version you've ever heard, you probably, it's not a big deal. But like the compression on the 2005 mix just brings everything to the same level. But the original 2002 mix, the piano is much fuller. It's that same thing that like you don't like when I compress the episode, these episodes in right. the wrong way. You <laughs> right. think it takes out like the naturalness. There's a naturalness which this song kind of craves from its very core concept, like a richness. And there's a, a richness, fullness. a fullness, and uh, like not analog, but like a naturalness to the mix of the 2002 original CD. And the 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 the, the piano's just a just a little, just a skosh louder than the vocals. It works. It's like you're there in the room with him, and then they just compress that all. And just make it sound as like recorded and as soundboard as possible in 2005. So it's really a detriment. Also, the easiest way, if you go on YouTube and you want to hear the difference I'm talking about, and you can't tell which uploads of Less or More, Less is More, are gold and which ones are original mix, this song is easy to tell because there's a fake record drop. There's a fake record needle drop sound Mm. at the beginning of the original version of less is more like you hear the warm crackle of a fake vinyl sound effect and then like that needle hitting the thing and then you hear the piano begin and Tyson begin to sing so if you go on youtube and listen to a couple versions of less is more that are uploaded by fans if you hear that fake warm crackle of a vinyl that's the original mix of the song and if you don't hear that like you don't hear it on Spotify and Tidal and Deezer and or Apple Music, that's the gold mix. There's a couple other like little things I noticed, but not really super worth mentioning. Just like, you know, there's background vocals that are just a little warmer, a little crisper, a little like more haunting during the do 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 parts that are better in the original 2002 mix. So this is one of the, and it's funny that it's the last track on this CD. This is one of the best cases for, oh, and of course, well, this is one of the best cases for get yourself an original CD copy of this album and hear that version. And of course, what am I thinking? The other way to tell if you're listening on YouTube to an original mix or a 2005 gold mix is the hidden track. Right. (laughs) If you hear the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you hear that, hidden track it's the 2005 gold mix if you hear skittles and combos at the end it's what did i say did i just mess it up no you got it right it's if you hear skittles and combos at the end that's the original mix that you should be hearing that reliant k shouldn't have messed with um i don't know anything else am i going too far here am i explaining myself am i being repetitive (laughs) am i forgetting that less is more 
Uh, I think you're doing great, but we're going to go ahead and take our break now, and we will be back with uh, both our deep dives. After these messages, we'll be right back. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Charity, Isaac, James, Kindle, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash. Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. Dying in New Brunswick on March 17th, 2003 said over on Song Meanings. This reminds me of when I was saved. I love singing this song (laughs) to Jesus. Why is that funny? I guess it's not fun when it's just like funny how they when I was saved. They're saying yeah. they used to be a Christian. No, like when they were oh, saved, like oh, when they became born then. again. I thought that was just a very like poetic way of saying this reminds me of when I was Christian, when I was saved. Because when, when you're saved, like when they're first saved, when when they were first saved it wasn't funny just something about it hit me i just i got the wrong i got the it's wrong it's so beautiful and exactly what i want to say to him i pour out myself before you oh lord i hold nothing back cuz to you less is more it's great when i hear it it reminds me to be humble and to remember how short i fall of his glory that I should be falling on my face in reverence to him sometimes we get so proud because we're set apart that we don't understand how huge god's mercy truly is I just make this prayer so much right now. I just make this prayer so much right now. Okay. Smiley face. Jesus really is my best friend, you know? He is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Stone UNT on September 10th, 2002 said, I can't get enough about this song. I can't get enough of this song is what I think they're saying. Uh, It puts the Christian struggle into perspective better than any song I've heard so far. We should all be so humble in life. Plus, the hidden track is pretty sweet, too. We all should have more Skittles and combos. (laughs) 
Uh, and then Faking Life on August 5th, 2002 said, this song. A combination of praise and worship. And the I Skittles you represent meant, like, the, the body or the, like, blood. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Daniel. <laughs> See? Now I got the first thing about when I was saved wrong and you thought I was saying combos are the sacraments or whatever. This song is the perfect example of why I like Reliant K. A lot of Christian bands write songs trying to make you think they are saints. That their walk with God is a bed of roses. They're a very humble bunch of guys. Agreed. That's why I really like this song. And I think this is a very mature song, you know, especially for their time when maybe some other religious Christian songs in this era are not as mature. Is because, yeah, and I thought about this earlier, but like, you know, you let yourself be less. You let yourself... You pour yourself out. You take all the things that you've built up in yourself. You all the let things it you're concerned. all out. Exactly. You take all the things you concern yourself with and you've forgotten about keeping what's important, keeping your faith. And I have a humanistic view on this. Like, I'm like, this is something everyone needs, even if it's not through Christ. Like, you need to remember that, like, your grind and, like, what's important to you, your possessions, like, all these things are not what's important. Like, you kind of need to humble yourself, whether that's through a faith in Christ or not, whether that's through something else entirely. Like, I think everyone needs to remember this sort of thing. But I think in the Christian mindset and this song, Meanings Person, brings that to mind is like yeah there's so much unhealthiness in the christian mindset of saying well if you're saved you're supposed to have it all together or else other people won't want to get saved too and that's so incredibly unhealthy and if anything that like spits in the face of like the idea of a song like this or the idea of salvation it's like no you don't have it all together and you regularly admit that and don't pretend like just because you're saved, you're always going to be okay. Everything's always going to be because when you act that way, you're not doing the thing you're supposed to do. You're not making yourself humble. You're continuing to say, I need to be more. When you're saying like, oh, I'm a Christian, therefore I'm perfect. Oh, I'm, a, I'm just like pretending everything's fine and just like pushing my mental, my mental health aside because I need to be perfect. You're not being less is more. You're being more is less in those moments. Maybe this should have come up earlier, but I came across a Discogs listing in my deep dive. There is a promo single of this track. Oh. Uh, released in 2001, the track listing is one, less is more album version, four minutes and 25 second runtime. Two, oh. less is more radio edit, four oh, minutes wow. and nine seconds. Three, less is more alternate radio edit, four minutes, 57 oh, seconds. Wow. And four, specialty spot, one minute. Wow, cool. I mean, I could Im- I can imagine all the people living <laughs> famous christian song my famous christian artist john lennon no i'm just kidding I also can... talk about fake british accents <laughs> i can imagine that the radio edits these two radio edits are probably just like we didn't even talk about it but the uh the the strings at the end like there's a there's a drop and then mm. a couple seconds later you hear just some beautiful violins right. kind of 
These are very long, though. And then there's the alternate radio edit, which is the longest of all at four minutes and 57 seconds. So I'm like, do some of these include Skittles and combos? I don't know. But I was going to say, like, probably a radio edit maybe, like, takes out the, you know, kind of cuts down some of the piano stuff or something. Like, I wonder if there's actual... I wonder if you can... I'm, I'm choosing to believe that in those two radio edits, there's not like a different mix or a different edit of elements of the song that you can't hear in the CD that like you wouldn't be able to put the CD or the track in an audio editor and approximate the radio edits. But I would like to hear that radio spot. Yeah, if if anybody has this has a this promo copy, like definitely hit us up and let us know yeah. what what these what if the anything, difference in these tracks are. If anything, you should rip that and make it available for the community at large. Yeah, because here's the, the the Discog statistics are have one want fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I didn't we didn't mention the the outro to this song is those that violin and or it's a couple violins and I. I wondered if, with no uh, support to back this up, but it's like a nice, like the song ends, there's a couple of seconds of pause, and then suddenly these strings come up and kind of rephrase the melody a little bit. I was wondering if there was like a, there was an attempt to do a slightly more like almost Phil Spector-esque thing with like extra strings on the main part of the song. And that if, like, ultimately they decided to let it be naked, so to speak, and, like, not use that, but they had recorded it. So they were like, well, let's use... This is, like, apropos of no proof. That's like imagining if this song was made during, like, the five-score era, like, it would probably have that more Phil Spector feel to it. Right, like Deathbed. Like, Deathbed is so full and everything. I just... I like to imagine they were thinking of doing that and ultimately said, no, the song's better without it in the main mix. Let's use some of this as like a nice little outro. Or maybe it was intended that way the whole time. I don't know, but that's what I imagine because it really comes out of left field. It's not like the song fades. You know, It's not like the song sort of dissolves, fades into the violins. Like the song totally drops out and then the violins come back up. So it really feels like a coda, like a real afterthought. I don't know. Then we have a review. Stop me if you've heard this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is from snippets.wordpress, I believe. Uh, yeah, snippets.wordpress.com. Album review. Roland K. The Anatomy of the Tongue-in-Cheek 2001. Uh, posted on April 15th, 2007 by Brittany Brown Doherty. I was first introduced to Reliant K during my freshman year in high school, and I fell in love. I was just starting to discover that, quote-unquote, Christian music didn't always have to be serious, that you could worship God and have fun at the same time. The anatomy of tongue-in-cheek is certainly an example of that. The album marks the band's second full-length disc, released in 2001, and is filled with plenty of pop culture references and funny lyrics, but there are also songs that deal with realistic Christian themes as well. The album begins with Kickoff, a 39-second introduction to the album. Though the song is a bit unnecessary, I have to admit that the lyrics, here's the kickoff, hope you're not sick of, Reliant K., or all the songs we play, because then you'd want to throw our CD away. Do make me smile. Next up is Pressing On, which was released as a single. Guitarist Matt Hoops gets to play some fun riffs during the verses and chorus. You know what else was songs- released as a single? Less is more. But the song's strength lies in the catchy chorus about preserving 
despite problems in life. I'm pressing on. All my distress is going, going, gone. Pressing on, pressing on. And then it just keeps going with the lyrics. Sadie Hawkins Dance is one of the most popular songs ever released by the band, and it's easy to see why. Another catchy melody is paired with clever lyrics, which were written by lead singer slash piano player Matt Thiessen. I mean, what if their songs isn't? Uh, who is also the main songwriter for the album. Just the album, not the band in general. Uh, about getting asked to the Sadie Hawkins dance by the most popular girl at school. Is she the most popular girl at school? Uh, and then there's just a bunch of lyrics. Uh, things get better with Down in Flames, which acts as a commentary on Christian society. Deason deals with criticism and Christian stereotypes during the verses. Uh, we Christians, we're all afraid of fire. We prefer to suck on pacifiers. Baby pacifists are throwing fists. Oh, we know the songs. <laughs> uh, more guitar and drum work. Dave Douglas... Oh, more guitar and drum work, and then in parentheses, Dave Douglas. Give the song an upbeat rock sound, but everything is tuned down by the end of the song as Tyson maturely adds that he knows he's part of the problem, too. Maybe it's Maybelline as another look at society in general, as Tyson sings about how everyone is quick to blame is God or other up. people <laughs> for minute, their mistakes just, rather than themselves. You know, our <laughs> podcast does this in a much more <laughs> verbose way. <laughs> You could read this article in five minutes, or you could listen to us for 60 hours of however many episodes this, you know, anatomy will ultimately cover. Breakdown picks the tempo of Annika up and is, what is somewhat similar to pressing on with lyrics about overcoming likes obstacles. Again, the song isn't as catchy as the ones before it, but the triumphant lyrics and the bridge about overcoming Satan's influence are the best in the song. <laughs> Hoops takes a hand at songwriting with Those Words Are Not Enough, which is one of the stronger tracks on the album. Though the song maintains the pop punk sound as the others, the lyrics take a dramatic shift from being pretty light to a more serious matter. This time around, the song is written as a humble prayer. Things continue in this path for the moments I feel faint, which is easily my favorite song on the album and one of my favorite worship songs, period. Production is stripped down to vocals and guitar, and the focus is entirely on the lyrics about looking to Jesus when we feel hopeless in life. Of course, in typical Reliant K fashion, things turn right back into silliness. Lion Wilson is an acapella interlude named for Tyson's idol Brian Wilson that leads into I Am Lion-O, a song about main characters, about main character of the 80s cartoon Thundercats. The song is quite goofy, but the singable chorus makes it fun and anyone that grew up in the 80s and watched Thundercats will love this song. Similarly, May the Horse Be With You is a wacky song about horses. No kidding. So the whole time you were talking about for moments I feel faint, I'm like, is that never interesting like Jesus? And I had to Google it. And by the time I was done Googling and ready to like sell the joke, you moved on to Thundercats. I'm like, I missed it. I missed the train. <laughs> you were like, two songs too slow. Uh, the song literally holds no real message and is a bit immature at points, but it's easy to see that the guys what, the horse had one? fun. Yeah, yeah the it doesn't hold a message. <laughs> and that matters for something. What have you been doing lately? You know what? Horses are in the Bible, I'm pretty sure. If anything. I don't think that's where they were going. Uh, There's no penguins in the Bible. (laughs) They don't sing any songs about penguins. I almost started to read Horses are in the Bible. (laughs) 
I almost started to say horses are in the Bible like it was the next line I was reading. I'm not even 100% sure if horses are in the Bible. I know donkeys are, but horses must. Yeah, horses got to be in the Bible because there's constantly, uh, you know, war. All the different kings of Israel are going to war. They got to be on horses. This this reminds me that yesterday we were listening to this song in the car and Danny paused this song when we went to pick up our grocery order and the staff member brought the bags out to the car. Are you embarrassed to be praising the Lord on a Sunday, Daniel? He paused the song are, as the person approached with the bags. Are you implying that I hid it under a bushel? <laughs> Are you implying that I hid my light under a bushel? Because that's probably what I did. If anything, I just needed to hear the person, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. It definitely had nothing to do with the fact that you get embarrassed very easily. The newsboys would be very ashamed of my shame to let the world know. Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna fast forward here. The album closes with Less Is More, a slow-paced ballad, which acts as another prayer about giving your life completely to God. Uh, again, the song seems strange placed against the more childish songs on the album, but the track is done extremely well and doesn't feel the least bit affected or insincere. Around 5.56, a hidden track is revealed as Teeson dedicates the song to the two loves of his life, Skittles and Combos. Well, not necessarily true, but you know, yes, Teeson wrote a song about candy and snack food. The hidden track, albeit short, is a cute addition to the album and works to lighten the mood after the heavy subject matter of less is more. Oh, Skittles and Combos. No problem. There's a total message there, but may the horse be with you. Well, that's just a waste of everyone's time. Uh... Then their overall rating is three out of five stars. The Anatomy of Tongue of Tongue in Cheek is quite a good album. Merlion K has done a good job, a great job of creating fun songs. And is it a good job sincere, or a great job? Great, sincerely, a good album, great job. Uh, ones that are sincerely about Christianity, though things do become a bit too immature at times. Some of the stronger oh tracks on the album balance things out, and the result is a fun disc that just about any teenager, Christian or not, can enjoy. Well, what about 30-somethings with a podcast? <laughs> and that's all I've got this week. <sighs> well, <laughs> let's see what I got. April says, Dad, less is more. Why don't you wrap this up so we can go O-U-T? I Aww. spell it because otherwise she will get excited at the word as she looks at me. <laughs> well, then here is Josiah Nicholas with their acoustic cover of Reliant K's Less Is More. We'll just launch right into it. Oh, and this is only from seven months ago. Oh, wow. So this po- this uh, cover has existed since the podcast has existed. So let's not uh, crap all over Josiah's cover just in case they listen to the podcast.
That's nice. That's the intro. Nice. It kind of makes it peppier. It takes that sort of like Ben Folds worship style thing from the beginning, but actually kind of makes it as peppy as the rest of the song. Sure. In a way. I mean, in its way, that's interesting. I'd like to see a reverse cover where someone like makes the intro really peppy and the whole middle <laughs> section of the song all... <laughs> so you're telling me you didn't come across that in your uh, YouTube diary? I did week. not. Oh, bummer. So let's skip about a minute 45 into the cover and hear some of the peppy part. An acoustic cover actually is very, bless you, April, an acoustic cover is honestly very interesting to hear because it takes that juxtaposition of the crazy piano intro Mm -hmm. going into the poppy 60s bouncy feel with the shuffly beat and it all kinds of, kind of evens it all out into this singular crazy acoustic thing. It really... Just doing, you know, normally you don't think of an acoustic cover as transformative, but this actually feels slightly transformative. Hmm. It kind of takes it and puts a whole different emotion on the thing overall. Interesting. Well, I second that emotion. Let's hear the next cover. So here is what I mentioned before. This is J.L. Rapid with a full church performance. So this is for January 1st worship set at Sweetwater Baptist Church during the offering. And this is like a Baptist church, like pews, lots of gray hairs, uh, and the camera's in the back. This is from 10 years ago, so 2012. And uh, piano, guitar, and jabrame. This is not a not cajon, but D-J-E-M. B-E, I guess, is the name of this particular kind of drum, hand drum that they're using. So uh, this is a four-minute cover while they're taking the, setting out the offering plate. And a bunch of dads are, you know, walking up the aisle and handing out the offering plate. So I'm going to skip to 34 seconds in, and we'll hear from here. So short of your glory to the best of my ability. You 
this is great. This is great. Yeah, this, this is, is really, really good. great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm enjoying it more than the ten people in the audience are. But <laughs> no, the ten older people. Right. They're all. They all have gray hair. <laughs> so they're the youngest people in this church or on the stage. <laughs> it's interesting. So I had so many notes on covers recently. You know what I mean? Like people who I feel like didn't appropriately perform the song for like the the venue in which they were performing it or the instruments in which they had it but the performance here totally matches gold star gold star the performance full-on matches the venue S-tier. plus the instruments that they're, they're like, doing a great using. job like he's not trying to oversell or undersell the vocals i feel like they're exactly where they need to be so uh there's an asl video if you're interested in some ASL praise and worship. Nice. This is uploaded by Izzy's only channel. I don't know. Me think thou doth protest too much. I (laughs) feel like Izzy has more than one channel. I don't need to be recording this in the background. Here we go. This is Izzy's only channel. Izzy is sitting on the bed doing the ASL to the camera. This is from only a year ago. So again, a cursed bedroom though. Very cursed, but awesome. This kind of looks like the uh, bedroom that Christian Jess from the beginning of the podcast would have. <laughs> Absolutely does It's not. a wood. It's a wood. <laughs> it's got a. It's got the classic picture of Jesus on the wall. Yeah, but like off center. Do you know what this and a looks like? Headboard. Yeah, it, it looks like an old cursed bed. It looks like oh, what was that? <laughs> the deathbed. Not the deathbed, the bed but around the same time we watched a movie that was from that was like a. It was, it was like from three different directors with three short stories and they had the one with the lady in that bedroom and there was a doll and she was like locked in that room and it was maybe the Middle Ages or modern day France of the 70s, not really sure, but uh, it looked like a, that was one. Was it a Just Franco movie? Maybe? No, I think it was one where it was like, uh, no, Godard didn't direct one of the uh. segments, but... Uh, but like Godard adjacent, someone directed one of the segments. Oh, oh. one of the it was, it was all about the, the other stories were dirtier. Yes, right. There they was were, a real dirty like three one. or four dirty stories was probably what the French title translated out to in English. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then one of them ended. One of them was based on that same real life French cannibal lady who killed all those village girls that Danzig also put. The same yes. story in his <laughs> anthology movie. Like, everyone who wants to make an artsy, over-the-top horror movie always based off of the Lady Bathory. Lady Bathory. Everyone's always making Lady Bathory films. It's like, like please, like, figure something else out. And, like, no one does... No, there's no good Lady Bathory movies. She's a real-life female Dracula, basically. A female vampire uh, from old, ye olde times. Man, can you imagine, like, it took them, like, de- years and years and years to figure out that they needed to send someone to arrest her, because it's, like, oldie oh. French times, <laughs> and, like, like, like... Everything about that statement just sounds awful. But, like, nobody cared about all, the, like, the village girls missing. Like, you, th- right. it sounds like, it sounds like a movie, but there's never been a good movie based on right. that actual And those story. that did were, like, just- <laughs> afraid because they're like, no, she's a vampire. We can't go get our daughters back because right. the vampire will kill us. Right. She was just a crazy a French crazy woman yeah. who drank blood. And I, I feel and bad that this came up after Izzy's Only you. Channel's <laughs> ASL video. Sorry. But- <laughs> but that uh, was a yes, great she ASL believed video. it would make her youthful, and so she bathed right. in it. Yeah. 
anyway. <laughs> well, I don't want to go from that to the next video I had because the next video I had is very sweet. So I need to find something else. You need to find something where someone bathes in the blood of virgins. <laughs> I get it. Here is, we'll do one more cover because I need some distance to the sweet, nice thing I found. So here's just one more cover. And I don't know if this is like a, it's speaking of ye old oldie times, I can't tell. I think the lady f***ed a doll in that, in that one that I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm never going to get to the sweet video that I'm talking about. <laughs> I found an actual very nice sweet video that involves a family and I can't go from this discussion to that video. <laughs> Why? Why am I going from a dead dog dedication into an upbeat number? <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when you give me these when you <laughs> give me these dead dog dedications. <laughs> Just go look up uh, Casey Kasem outtakes. Anyway, here is Benjamin Canazal Canales. Benjamin Canales with um. I don't know if that's a lute or a mandolin. Sick. It's basically, it looks like, I mean, physically, it looks like it could be a guitar where they've like shaved off all the extra parts of the guitar around the string. So I don't know if this counts as a lute or a mandolin. <laughs> I love your, your instrument description. It doesn't look like a classic lute or a classic mandolin. It really literally looks like if you took a guitar... But then you like cut the sides. I know, of the I know. I don't know what it's called, but yes, <laughs> yes. So here's that. I don't know why anyone bothers listening to us from seven years ago. Why we have a music podcast? I'm going to, this is a six and a half minute It's weird because it sounds like a ukulele, but it's definitely not a ukulele. Right. Well, I shouldn't say that it could be. Let's hear two minutes. It's way, it feels, looks way too big for a ukulele. It's not a mandolin. It, the, the fretboard is as big as a regular size guitar. It's just, it's Maybe a, it's a lute. Maybe it's a lute. So here's two minutes and 40 seconds. Into I play the enough cover. games set in ye old <laughs> fantasy times. You'd think I'd know. <laughs> It also kind of just sounds like a guitar. What if it's just a freaky thin guitar? Uh, maybe. Daniel, you can see my socks. Call up. Let us know. <laughs> I should have taken a picture and asked if Correct you know us. <laughs> what this is. So that's a very nice cover. It's nice, nice, another nice acoustic cover. So second to last thing is this FMV shot by Alina Angel, Elena Angel, not Alita Battle Angel, but this is from 14 years ago. And this is, uh, I guess it's a teen girl, but she actually doesn't show her face, but I'm just guessing from the bedroom 
that she's a teenager. And also she shot this by herself, like put everything on tripods. That's great. And then did all the action in front of it. And it's all set in her bedroom. And she pulls out a bunch of pieces of paper. There is like an artistic concept here. It's Mm -hmm. great. She takes a bunch of pieces of paper out of her desk and a big pen and writes a whole bunch of sins on the paper and puts them up on a wall. Then she prays in front of it on her bed and then like pulls the papers down from the wall and crumples them up and goes to bed. So actually like an artistically simple, you know, performance piece in front of the camera edited together by herself. It's, it's, you know, it's better than a lot of FMVs I see done by one person where it's like just a bunch of kids running around in a backyard like dorks. Or jumping on the... Uh, uh, so many Reliant K fans had had rumpus rooms in the basement with like a big stack of DVDs in the corner and they just jump around and act like goobers in front of the camera and then they edit it together. So this is artistically, you know, very sound, yeah, well-executed like FMV. And then the last thing, and this is just adorable. This is the adorable thing I want to talk about. After this Audible commercial, it's this adorable Audible commercial <laughs> on YouTube. This doesn't feel appropriate. Is that Arrow? What? Is that Arrow? Arrow? I couldn't tell. Oh, is that the guy? Stephen who... Amell. No, well, I don't know. Maybe it was. But this is ridiculous. Why is there an... Unless they put an ad on their own cute little family video. This doesn't feel fair that they would put it... There'd be an ad on here. Like a uh, content aware ID'd on it or whatever. Because this is just... Like a teen boy holding, or maybe it's, it's definitely, he's definitely a teen. He's definitely a teen boy holding a little girl in the family room. Oh, that's Justin Bieber with one of his siblings. (laughs) So she is like a two-year-old child. And then what, this kid could be anywhere from 14 to 22. And he's just holding this child singing the song to the child. And I think it was just like a cute little moment. A cute little moment caught in a family room. Oh, it's, it's here. I won't hold the speaker up. I didn't see this part. Oh, and then she's holding her own baby doll, singing it later. It's so cute. So this is like the lullaby in this family, and this is uploaded by Nicole. Just Nicole is the name of the channel. This is adorable. This is adorable. So this family. Just, this is their lullaby from 11 years ago. That's too adorable. I like the, uh, the Star Wars wipe yeah. we had there. So that's amazing. Yeah. That just shows you this one little peek into a family. That's how so sweet. this type of music can touch people. That it's like the lullaby for this little girl who's now 11 years ago and she's probably two there. So she's not even... So she's probably, unless that video was uploaded a couple years later. Because, you know, I, I'm just thinking, like, when we find YouTube videos, like, kids who make, like, FMVs and stuff, and we're like, oh, the kid who made this is now 28 years old. Right. <laughs> In this case, that little girl is barely, is, you know, just a teenager now. Yeah. So it's not that old. But that's adorable. Super that's really cute. nice. So, Jessica. Yes. How do you feel about the song Less Is More by Reliant K? Do you like it less? Or more, or the same. Now, reminder, you have to answer correctly. Because this week, (laughs) less is more. So, do you like it less, or do you like it more? Head Games by (laughs) Foreigner Aside, I 
like this song more. I like this song more as well. Literally more, not less is more. Not yeah, same. Not trying to throw you off. I definitely like this song more. I mean, obviously I do. I barely ever listened to it for 20 years. And now I really, it's in my craw. I get it. I get the song. It's it's a lovely tune. So, um, Did you just say craw? Craw. Like it's in your, you know, like you're a, it's a saying. When something's in your craw. Gotcha. I always assumed it had something to do with like, you know, like I just never heard you craws. used it before. I don't know. I just, just never heard you use it before. It just threw me. It's just one of those phrases me. that was in my craw, and I oh okay. Used it. So uh, we'll see you next week. Are you ornery because you have all those teeth and no toothbrush? Yes. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, everyone.